Good morning. Today we will discuss escalating tensions between China and neighboring countries in and around the South China Sea as the USA and Taiwan agree to establish a Coast Guard working group. We will then examine what led to violent protests in Bangladesh last week as it welcomed Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi and we will finally discuss the easing of tensions between Eritrea and Ethiopia. Today is Thursday the 1st of April. I'm Arunava and you're listening to the Leaders Brief by Ecomonk. The Philippines ordered the deployment of more navy ships to the South China Sea last week as tensions escalated over the presence of a fleet of Chinese boats parked near the disputed reef. Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte has expressed concern over the threatening presence of 220 Chinese ships that the Philippines believes is part of Beijing's maritime fleet. The boats have been parked at the Witsun Reef that falls under the jurisdiction of Manila's 200-mile exclusive economic zone as defined by the United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea. The reef is around 320 kilometers west of Palawan Islands. Among other neighbors, Vietnam too has urged Beijing to respect its maritime sovereignty. The USA, which recently sanctioned Chinese officials over the country's alleged mistreatment of Uyghur Muslims, accused China of trying to intimidate and provoke other nations by parking its vessels near the reef. Separately, the United States has signed an agreement with Taiwan to establish a Coast Guard working group along the Taiwan Strait. The move follows a Chinese legislation that allowed the country's Coast Guard to fire on foreign vessels. This is the first agreement between Taipei and Washington after Joe Biden assumed office as US president. After signing the agreement, the facto Taiwanese ambassador to the United States, Xiao Bikim, said in a statement, quote, "It is our hope that with the new Coast Guard working group, both sides will forge a stronger partnership and jointly contribute even more to a free and open Indo-Pacific region." Apart from Taiwan, Vietnam and the Philippines, Brunei and Malaysia too have competing territorial claims in the South China Sea with seas over 3 trillion dollars in annual trade passed through it. Covering an area of nearly 3.5 million square kilometers, the South China Sea is immensely important for the fishing industry and sits on vast reserves of oil. China claims almost the entire sea under its controversial nine-dash line, a policy that has been rejected on several occasions by the international community. Presently, increased military activity in the area has raised concerns about the possibility of dip in international trade throughout the region. Moving on to some political developments in Bangladesh, the climax to the country's golden jubilee celebrations of independence was marked with large-scale clashes between security forces and a group of protesters. The reason for the protest was the country welcoming Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi on a two-day visit as chief guest. Notably, India has remained a close ally of Bangladesh and had played a key role in its independence movement against Pakistan in 1971. Speaking at the Dhaka's parade ground, Mr. Modi said that the two countries should move together in progress and express satisfaction in being able to aid Dhaka in its COVID fight by supplying vaccines. The Indian Prime Minister, for whom this was the first trip abroad since the COVID pandemic struck, also invited businessmen from Bangladesh to invest in India. On completion of 50 years of relationship between India and Bangladesh, I would like to invite 50 entrepreneurs of Bangladesh to visit India and join our startup and innovation ecosystem and meet our venture capitalists, Mr. Modi said. However, despite being able to maintain a good relationship with its neighbor, a large faction of Bangladesh's political class, comprising mostly of opposition leaders, accused the right-wing Indian Prime Minister of trying to convert India's Muslims into second-class citizens. Their unacceptance from Mr. Modi dates back to 2002 when the state of Gujarat of which he was chief minister was bloodied in communal violence. As Indian prime minister, Mr. Modi has taken some contentious steps on various issues pertaining to immigration and citizenship. The most controversial among them remains the Citizenship Act the BJP government introduced to protect refugees coming into the country. While the law aims to grant citizenship to a large group of migrants, it has specifically omitted the inclusion of Muslims in the list of those eligible. His government stand on Rohingyas has also irked several from the Islamic community. 
Both these decisions have their highest impact on Bangladesh as a large part of refugees who have crossed the Indian border and have been residing in the country for decades are made up of Bangladeshis and Dhaka remains the worst affected due to Myanmar's Rohingya exodus. However, that being said, in terms of international relations, Mr Modi's government has achieved several important feats with the Bangladeshi government. Under his prime ministership, New Delhi and Dhaka were able to resolve a decades-old border dispute through the land boundary agreement, work towards reopening railway lines between the two countries that have been defunct since the 60s, and signing an agreement on the use of Chittagong and Mongla ports in Bangladesh for trade and transit. Moving on to some news from the African continent, Ethiopia's Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed said last week that Eritrea had agreed to withdraw troops from Ethiopian territory along their common border after a nearly five-month-long war. Tensions flared up between the two countries last November after Tigray forces fired rockets into their long-standing rival Eritrea, claiming that the Ethiopian government was trying to use Eritrean airport to attack Tigray. The regional government of Tigray had been in conflict with the federal government based in Addis Ababa since November 4th last year. As the Ethiopian Prime Minister, Mr Abiy undertook sweeping reforms which included dismantling the ruling coalition of the Tigray People Liberation's front leaders and brought in a new party, the Prosperity Party. Mr Abiy also spearheaded the landmark peace deal with its long-term adversary Eritrea, which irked the leaders of TPLF who had taken part in the Ethiopian and Eritrean war between 1998 and 2000. In the November clash, which saw thousands dead and hundreds of thousands displaced, the Ethiopian government had maintained that there was no presence of Eritrean troops in the region. However, the Ethiopian Prime Minister confirmed for the first time last week that troops from Eritrea had entered Tigray. There are several unconfirmed reports of massive human rights abuses by Eritrean troops in the region. That is all for today. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow with more happenings from around the world. Tune in to Egomong to stay updated on the latest happenings and their impact on global trade, technology and innovation. Egomonk helps you make sense of change. We are a global intelligence platform delivering asymmetric outcomes by bringing organizations closer to the communities they want to serve and the leaders they wish to influence. Visit our website insights.egomonk.com that is i-n-s-i-g-h-t-s dot e-g-o-m-o-n-k dot c-o-m to subscribe and make better and faster decisions today. If you wish to collaborate with us, then please email us at contact at the rate egomonk.com. Mm-hmm.